Thanks for listening. We're back. Here we go. What did the polite ghost say to her son? What do you think? She's just I'm, a throw, I'm out. She's out. She threw her hair. Okay, kiddo, you're gonna do uh, four for four. This one is rough. I have no. What idea. did the polite, the polite ghost say to his her son? I don't know. Don't spook until you're spooking too. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was never gonna get that one. Spook <laughs> until you're spooking spooking too. There you mm, go. There you All go. right. Let's head to the phone line. Sounds patient good. people here. Yeah, absolutely. And we got uh, Colleen who has a question about a uh, dog that's struggling to go to the bathroom. Okay. Hi, Colleen. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. Oh, thank you for calling. So what, what can we do for you? Okay, so two kind of mysterious things. Yesterday and today are different for my dog. But yesterday, I didn't witness it, but my family did. He, they saw him lay out on the ground suddenly limbs in all four directions and then yelping in pain okay and it happened i think twice yesterday and we couldn't figure out what it was everybody you know comforted him until he was seemed okay and then you know that passed and that isn't happening today but something else strange is happening today which is he is he went out we watched him go outside to go to the bathroom in the backyard and he was clearly struggling to make anything come out and you could see he was just standing there trying 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 for the longest time both trying to pee and trying to poop and it wasn't working except for a little diarrhea but then he came in the house and he's since been looking at us with the most sad look in his eyes all tensed up and kind of shaking and piddling just a little bit like almost like I can't tell if he's trying to get something to come out or he's trying not to get something to come out I can't tell but he's been essentially peeing all over the house little by little for about the past hour until we finally, you know, corral them and are trying to figure out what's going on. So, What kind of dog is he, this? He's a Min Pin Chihuahua mix. Okay, how old? I say he's about six. We uh, we got him through a rescue. Okay. He's about six. Okay. Do you have any ideas there, Dr. Jess? Um, I think you might want to consider heading to the ER. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, or seeing your vet first thing in the morning. Okay. okay. Um, but... Uh, because it sounds like um, maybe he's trying to pass a stone, Ooh. and that it like if the if the urethra is obstructed, that is an emergency condition. Oh gosh! Right. So okay. Um, but that's that's kind of like I I don't know why he went out in the yard and like fell down with his legs out and right. you know all four corners. Um, okay. I don't know what that was about. And and obviously, you know, I'm not looking, I'm not, I'm not examining him, so I can't swear that this is what it is. But that's the kind of thing that you see when there's a, a urethral obstruction or a partial urethral obstruction. Okay. Okay. And so with, with dogs, because in, in male dogs, just like male cats, the urethra is super narrow. And so okay. if, he, if he had bladder stones and one of them has moved down into the urethra, for one thing, ow. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. painful. And for another thing, then you kind of run the risk of urethral obstruction. Okay. So it's the kind of thing where even at the ER, they might be able to kind of, if, um, and let's just say maybe this is what it is, they might be able to kind of flush the stone back up into his bladder to give him some relief and to give you time to think about what What's kind next? of stone it is. Do you want to do surgery? Blah, blah, blah. You know, then you kind of open up the, the door of disaster. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's super helpful. Thank you so much. Good luck, mm-hmm. kiddo. Take care. Mm-hmm. You take care. Bye bye. Ah, 
Yeah, I got excited. Wouldn't yeah. Yeah, I got an email from one of my clients earlier. So her dog had eaten some chocolate, and he's kind of a small dog. And you know, she was at the ER, but of course she was having to wait. And so, and she was kind of wondering, you know, should I be here? Should I? Because they had tried to make the dog vomit at home, and nothing had happened. Um, But he was a small dog, like a he. He was actually kind of like some sort of a fox terrier, and he had eaten. Like seven ounces, I believe, okay. of baking chocolate. Oh, baking chocolate. Bad. So, yes. Yeah. So I said to her, no, you must stay where you are. They have better drugs than you have at home. Uh-huh. And sure enough, they were able to make him vomit. Oh, good. And, uh, you know, he barfed up a lot of chocolate. But that's wow. the kind of thing where, you know, even if the dog sort of seems okay in the meantime, like, mm, yep. don't take your chances. Yep. Sometimes you got to go to the ER. And get it out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Are you waving at me there? Okay. <laughs> just adjusting my mic. Okay. I'm just like, what? what? No, Did good. I miss something? Did mm-hmm. I miss something? Okay. Who's up to next? Next up, we've got uh, Sandy has some questions about liver health and some supplements. Liver health and supplements. Hi, Sandy. Hi. Hi. So, long time listener. Hi, Katie. Thank you. Hi, Jessica. Hey, good, good. Okay. So, um, what's the question? So, my dogs had to be put on Denna Marion. They, they had accidentally, well, and we weren't 100% sure. Um, ingested some acetaminophen. We are not, we don't, we counted everything and we think they didn't. But mm-hmm. to be safe, I took them to the ER. They made them throw up and put them on this drug. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering, now it's post this drug, is it similar to gut health where I should maybe start giving them um, milk thistle or they've been on beef green tripe. But what's a good liver cleanser to kind of bring it back into health. Um, so have you had, like, did they um, do blood tests at the time? Yes, they did. W- were there elevations of the liver enzymes? Nope. Okay. Okay, so there's nothing really to kind of follow up with there or to recheck there. Um, I will say Denimarin is, you know, it's a nutraceutical, so it's one of these kind of nutritional supplement that's made by a company that doesn't really make those things a whole lot. Okay, and so it's it's kind of one of my least favorites. So it's a combination of uh, synthetic alkaloid of milk thistle uh, combined okay. with SAMI, and SAMI is acetylmethionine. It's one of these compounds that has health benefits for the liver. Nobody really knows why, <clears throat> but the reason that they came up with denimarin is because. Because uh, you can't patent a plant, right. right? You can go to your health food store and buy a bottle of milk thistle capsules. Um, but, you know, pharmaceutical industry isn't going to make money on that. And so then they look at the plant and they try to figure out, well, which is the active alkaloid? Which is the alkaloid that's actually, you know, doing the work that helps the liver? But the thing is, plants exist as plants because individual alkaloids have toxicity associated with them. And so there are other compounds in the plant that prevent the active alkaloid from being toxic. So that's why you're always better off using a whole herb versus what a laboratory has designed oh, okay. based on that herb. Yeah, okay. So um, <clears throat> so at this point, I, so I think milk thistle would be kind of a good go-to just to kind of cleanse your dog from some of the effects, potential effects of denimarin itself. Um <clears throat> Milk thistle is very safe. It's very safe at a high dose. It's very safe for long-term use. When you dose herbs like this, safe herbs, when you dose them for dogs, you take the dog's weight as a fraction of, as a percentage of the human dose. So the 50-pound dog, you would give about 50% 
of the recommended human dose. Okay. So if you have like a 25-pound dog, you give them 25% of the recommended human dose. And milk thistle is so safe in its whole herb form that you can kind of, if you're guesstimating, you can guess high pretty safely. Okay. Even so, I would give it for two weeks on and one week off or something like that. Two weeks on, two weeks off. Uh, just because if you give it for a long period of time, like other herbs, his body will acclimate to it. And then you're not really getting the benefits. Okay. So, and there, of course, there are other herbs and other supplements that will help the liver. Like milk thistle is kind of an easy go-to. Uh, if you're not using a probiotic, I would suggest using something like that as well. So I use um, beef green tripe. Isn't that a pre and a probiotic, or should I also be adding, you know, a human-made probiotic? I always think of tripe as a good source of healthy fat, and also it probably contains a lot of enzymes. Um, I don't necessarily think of it as a probiotic, so you you could add a okay. separate probiotic if you wanted. Okay, do you want to hold that okay. thought? we got to run to break. Okay, hold that thought. We'll come back and we'll finish it up, okay? Okay, what do you do when 50 zombies surround your house? What do you do if 50 zombies surround your house? Be back. So, what do you do when 50 zombies surround your house? What do you think, Dr. Jess? Load the gun? <laughs> They're dead already. Oh, yeah, but you know that they can't be re-killed other than... I don't know. I don't know either. I cry. I have no idea. You have no idea? Hope it's Halloween. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? Well, zombies only... surrounding your house? Hope it's Halloween. Then you only have to survive one night before they go back yeah. to their graves? Where I grew up in Roseville, uh, there was three cemeteries by our house. Our backyard blooded up to Roseville Cemetery. And then to get into the development where we were, there was Elmcrest. I can't remember the other one. And my 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 brother taught me to go and see a night of the living dead. <laughs> anyway, I had such bad nightmares that all these cemeteries are all going to come, you know. And we're we are sitting ducks. We are we're dead. <laughs> That's awesome. I cannot get that. Then uh, it's usually we used to be the old Midtown uh, Theater. Okay, I not only got to have to sit through it once, I had to sit through it twice. You know, that's when you can kind of just evaporate and then re-evaporate. You didn't have to pay for the movie twice. Mm-hmm. But my uh, but my brother, ugh, I still to this day, it's like, not once, but twice. Yeah. Really pounded into my head, Night of the Living Dead, you know? So, okay, let's go back to our caller. Which one is that? Sandy. Yeah, Sandy, okay. Hey, Sandy, are you there? Yes, I am. All righty then. So is there uh, anything, anything else that you want for Dr. Jess? No, I think that was it, besides the milk thistle. Right, um, but I was just thinking, because because there are other herbs, like I think the tripe that you're feeding is a great thing to do for a dog with liver issues. And so okay. there are other herbs that are also helpful, helpful for the liver, like dandelion, right? That would be an easy one. Um, and so what you could do is you can do you can do two weeks of milk thistle and two weeks of dandelion and just alternate those until you run out of, you know, whatever bottle you happen to get okay okay and i think that that will like cover more ground you're not solely relying on milk thistle you know good luck and crossing your fingers like you know you just put a couple of other pieces into place and then using probiotics and enzymes as well i assume the dandelion is the same dosage half half of whatever an adult yep yep 
exactly the weight of the dog as a percentage of the recommended adult dose and i try to stick with tablets or capsules because otherwise with the liquid tinctures you run into alcohol um which for the most part we're trying to avoid for our pets yes <laughs> yeah because a lot of the herbal tinctures will have 40 to 60 percent alcohol which, that's a lot it makes wow. them not taste good for us but then you know do you really want to give that much alcohol to your dog who's potentially having liver issues <laughs> yeah really there yeah. you go <laughs> shoot that liver right away right give alcohol <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay sandy thanks for the call keep yeah. us posted okay yep i will take care bye-bye all right. Hey, Mike, who's up next? I got to put my mic on first. We got oh, a follow up from uh, from last week as uh, our buddy Dana called in and you said to uh, call back and have a question that was about a uh, pancreatitis yep. uh, issue. So. Okay. Hey, Dana, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hello, ladies. Good, good. Hi, hi, hi. Okay, Dr. Jess is in the house. You want to fill her in? Sure. So, you know, maybe June or so, she went in to get her teeth cleaned. They noticed she had a little higher numbers for liver, so they sent us home with a SAM ELQ425. Um, and then about three weeks ago, she got into a couple of different things around here, counter surfing. Um, specifically, I, a genius move, I thought, was uh, I had a sausage patty in the middle of a homemade waffle. Ooh. I was going to freeze up three or four of them. Well, I have my own small business, and I got distracted, and she ended up countersurfing that completely. And about two days later, she started, no, one day later, she started throwing up, and uh, I tell you, she was really, really sick. Um, you know, couldn't eat, just would yak up water, couldn't hardly keep anything down. We took her in right away. Uh, they did an x-ray. They thought there was something odd with a mass by her liver. Uh, they said we should probably get a um, ultrasound to see more details and or a biopsy. Well, it ends up we get it figured out that she has pancreatitis. Mm-hmm. So she's been, we've been working back towards normal health. She uh, she just eats, you know, probably three tablespoons of pumpkin, probably uh, three quarters of a cup of boiled hamburger, and maybe some vegetables out of the fridge. Uh, previously, she's been on the house brand food at Costco. I mean, her whole life. She's should be eleven at Christmas time. Okay, what kind of dog again? I forgot. She's well. She was about sixty some pounds. She's fifty some pounds now. She's kind of a terrier mashup hound dog kind of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was a rescue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So- Sounds pretty good so far. So how are things going? Um, she actually, I mean, she's back to normal. Okay, well, there you go. She's uh, just as sassy as she always was. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I I thought we'd get your thoughts about you know, do we stay with this super low fat diet? Can she transition back a little bit to where she was? Does she need some supplemental help either for the pancreatitis and or for the liver? Mm-hmm. Um, a part of the reason that she's better is because of the homemade diet versus the processed food that you were feeding her before. So personally, I would say, keep doing that. Now, what, yeah, what you're feeding her, what, what you're feeding her is not, it's not a balanced diet, but like it gives you kind of a jumping off point from, from which you can go ahead and kind of make it more balanced. 
Um, so I'm looking in this amazing book called Yin and Yang Nutrition for Dogs by Judy Morgan, who's a holistic vet. And she has a pancreas, pancreatitis diet in here. Uh, if you feel compelled to kind of branch out and uh, broaden your cooking skills. Uh, but the, but that's the kind of thing that, that you could continue successfully to do. So I just stay off the processed yeah. diet. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever it takes. Yeah. We, right. I don't care. Yeah. And this is not anything like super onerous, like dog food, homemade dog food is not hard to do. You can feed it raw. You can feed it cooked. It really doesn't matter. When it comes to a history of pancreatitis, typically a lot of the problems that dogs experience when they get pancreatitis, everybody's always afraid of fat because in America, fat is a dirty word. Um, And yet it is mostly associated with cooked fat. So dogs will potentially get pancreatitis when they get into the bacon grease. But raw fat is a whole different ball of wax. Okay. Because dogs are built to eat animals that are made of fat, raw fat, meat, bones, organs. They would eat all those things. Yep. So she doesn't necessarily have to be fat free for the rest of her life. But, um, you know, but it might be a good idea to look into something like this homemade diet. And I think there's other ideas in this book as well. So there's a couple of different recipes specifically for pancreatitis that just kind of give you a jumping off point. You don't have to feed her these specific diets forever. With pancreatitis, well, so maybe it'd be smarter just to feed her the ninety ten raw hamburger and boil it. I mean, I, I no. put them into a cookie scoop. Why? Why? Why would you boil, boil it and boil them for fifteen minutes? Why? The dog. Feed it raw. Yeah, dogs don't have ovens in the wild, but also hamburger is not a balanced diet either. So dogs need meat and bone and veggies and some organs. So all I'm saying is that I would encourage you to explore it. And if you, you know, have 20 bucks or something to dump on this book, I think it might be a good idea. And name the book again. It is called Yin and Yang Nutrition for Dogs. By by Judy Morgan. Then the other things that I would say, things that I would do, I would definitely give an enzyme supplement. And so, um, you can go to any health food store and buy, yeah, I mean, there's tons of enzyme supplements made for humans. Uh, any one of them will do. I'm kind of partial to um, uh, Flora makes one called adult enzymes. So that's something that is easy to use. Garden of Life probably has an enzyme supplement. And then the other thing that I would think about with a dog like this. So realistically, dogs are carnivores, but they're scavenging carnivores. So like the fact that your dog ate something that was, you know, outside her comfort zone, uh, but not like you didn't, it wasn't poison that she got into. It was food. And yet it caused this like whole kind of disaster scenario. So that tells you that you need to pay attention to your dog's gastrointestinal system. Dogs should be able to eat those things without repercussions. The dog that I had that lived the longest was this little brown dog who ate incredibly bad things. She ate angel food scented candles. (laughs) She ate horse supplements. She ate uncooked brown rice. She ate, remember Katie, I was at your house for a party one time and I won this English toffee cappuccino yep. mix. She ate that. Okay, do you want to hold on? We got to run to break. Do you want to hold on? We'll pick up with you on the back side. Okay. Yes, please. Okay. Okay, folks, let's see. What is the most important subject a witch learns in school? What is the most important subject a witch learns in school? We'll be back. Take it in, All righty then. 
What is the most important subject a witch learns in school? What do you think? Think about it. It's really good. What about, okay, you're going to get this one, I have a feeling. Spelling. Ding. Nicely done. (laughs) Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Spelling. There you go. I feel so much better about myself. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Okay, let's head back to Dana. Are you still there, Dana? Yes. All then. So uh, one of the things I'm noticing in all these pancreatitis diets in this book, which I happen to have here in front of me, is that each recipe includes raw pancreas, uh, beef pancreas, which um, not exactly 100% sure where you would find that, maybe at one of the Asian markets. Um, so I might okay. look there and start incorporating small amounts of it. Okay. Like starting with maybe like a half teaspoon size blob okay. for a nice sized dog like you have. Okay. And maybe, you know, increase it to an ounce or two per meal. But I was thinking about like supplements that I would use. So basically you have to, um, you know, Katie talks a lot about dogs having kind of a rock gut and being able to eat and digest anything. And so now that you've had this wake up call that your dog does not contain one of those, then you need to build it back in. So here's where I would use standard process supplements. I would use canine enteric support. Enteric means intestines, and that supplement will help rebuild the normal intestinal lining. So it fixes fixes leaky gut. It addresses all the parts of the gastrointestinal system. It is not a probiotic or an enzyme, but it will make those supplements work better. And then the other thing that I would use is standard process pancreatrophin PMG. Pancreatrophin PMG is one of their human supplements. So the vast majority of the supplements that they make are for humans, and then they make stuff for dogs and cats and horses. Pancreatrophin PMG is specifically designed to reduce inflammation in the pancreas. So I use it for pancreatitis. I use it all my diabetics go on pancreatrophin. Okay. It comes as little tablets, and uh, for a 60-pound dog, I would... Uh, say for the first week, I would put one tablet in her food twice a day. And then starting in the second week, I would give her two tablets twice a day, pretty much till you mm, only comes in a 90 count bottle. So I would plan on maybe going through two bottles. And that should reduce inflammation significantly and restore the normal pancreatic function. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Another interesting aside, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. she has had kind of mediocre dog breath her whole life Mm -hmm. which always seems like maybe dirty teeth or something except she gets her teeth cleaned and then after she gets them clean she doesn't seem to be any different with Mm -hmm. this different diet she doesn't smell at all right yep don't ever go back to dog food Mm -hmm. so so like uh, one of my friends said to me you know given the problems with supply chains and you know what if there is some sort of nuclear disaster or whatever she was kind of saying to me you know i mean she feeds raw i feed raw she was she was saying what kind of dry dog food should i buy to have on hand in case of emergency in case of disaster none and i said to her basically like anything that you eat that you you know just share it with your dog it will be better for your dog than dry food see too you can't only canned goods like canned chicken or things like that if you're preparing for out you can't just buy a a dry dog food you know today and have it be okay 10 years from now if we need it That's true. You know what I mean? So there's not that kind of a shelf life. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. So Mm -hmm. you're better off to think. Right. But realistically, too, like if you're feeding raw now and you're thinking, well, 
Somebody asked me this the other day, you know, well, in the case of emergency, maybe I should have some dry dog food on hand. It's like, you know what, for ourselves, if we're down to rice and beans that we're cooking, that's still better for our dogs than dry (laughs) dog food. There you go. So you are doing good things for your dog. Okay, Dana, is that it? Thank you, ladies. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. And thank make you. sure that book is eaten in that book again. Yin, yin. Yin and yang, nutrition for dogs. Yin, yin, Y-I-N. Okay. Yeah. But I, got it, I got it pulled up here on my laptop. We'll get it coming today. Oh, that's All a good right, one. kiddo. Good luck. Keep us posted. Thank you. Maybe okay. Thanks. You bet. Okay, you bet. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All righty then. Who's up next there, sir? Next up, we've got Susie has a question with about colloidal uh, silver in dogs. Uh-huh. Susie? Hey, Susie. Hi. Hi. Hi, Dr. Jess. Hi. Um, my girlfriend from New Mexico was going to call, but the time frame didn't work out, so I'm going to ask some questions for her. Okay. She has a chihuahua that is losing hair, um, and she did change the diet. Uh, she had been feeding chicken, chicken everything from um, dry dog food to chicken treats to chicken, chicken, chicken. And the skin is starting to repair itself, and the hair is starting to come back. She's added fish oil and gone to a canned salmon food diet, which we've got a great, I guess, boutique dog store um, where she lives in Albuquerque that is very knowledgeable, and they pulled her off the dry food, put her on salmon. Um, Things are looking good, but one of the things that she's been doing that I question, "Mm, is this a good idea, is giving colloidal silver. Um, I know it was a thing maybe five, ten years ago, colloidal silver for everything, and I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. Well, you know, I do run into people periodically who swear by it. Um, When I first kind of found out about it, heard about it from a client, I tried it in a bunch of cases uh, with, Mm -hmm. you know, bacterial disorders and some other things, and honestly, I didn't think it did anything. And because it does have some antibacterial bacterial activity then you gotta ask like is this a good idea to do this every day or you know people put it in their dog's drinking water and put it in the food so i'm sort of meh about the whole colloidal silver thing i think what i would suggest for a dog like your friend has um this is where i would use there's a supplement made by or yeah made by mercola and it is called whole body glandular support for cats and dogs and there's a male and a female version, so make sure you get the right one. But it's basically a broad-spectrum glandular supplement, so it covers all the organ systems. And when you have things like hair loss, so whether it's generalized or um, you know just like on either side of the body, um, like in some dogs, like it used to be classic in boxers and bulldogs, you would see seasonal alopecia where they would lose the hair over their flanks mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. skin would turn black and, you know, it start out sort of seasonal and then after a year or so it would not be seasonal and they've tried everything for those dogs. Melatonin, steroids, you name it. But anything that happens like that with the hair follicles kind of shutting off, that is a hormonal issue, right? Those are hormones that are going to wake up the hair follicles and tell them to kind of come back into action and normally our dogs should have fluctuations in the hormones that control the hair follicles right they're supposed to blow their coats twice a year okay not yours because you have a poodle but other dogs Mm -hmm. and so 
that's where I like to use that the Mercola whole body glandular support because it kind of feeds all those hormone producing organs. What I would suggest initially is, you know, get enough to get through maybe three months. And then with some of these dogs, at least for the first year or two, um, I'll have them then use the supplement for, say, six to eight weeks in the spring and fall. Okay. So I would do it now because the problem is now. Plan on going through three months and then maybe maybe it'll be spring by then. And then um, hopefully. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, go plan on using it for six to eight weeks in the spring and in the fall. So for a small dog, you might only need, you know, one tub of it might last you for the year. And then you you would just keep it in the freezer in between uses. Keep it in the freezer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just like, you know, if you're not going to open it for a while, uh, you want to, you know, do something to keep it fresh or find a friend to split it with or something like that. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had heard you mention earlier for itchy dogs, coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And would this be a mm-hmm. good supplement on top of the fish oil for this? Oh, dog? sure, sure. And and I missed how much I should know. But well, I don't. <laughs> for you know, for for little dogs, you'd start with you know, and you want to start low anyway, just in case it gives the dog diarrhea or something like that. So I would start with a quarter of a teaspoon with a tiny dog like this. Okay. And then maybe go to half a teaspoon a day if if you know you give it a week or so and see if the dog is tolerating it well. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty, super. You bet. Is that it? That's it. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Pass Thank it you. on. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, that's uh, good. You, look at this. You're just as, this is the Dr. Jessica Levy show. It's like I know stuff. <laughs> there you go. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see where I'm at. Okay. Why did the skeleton cross the road? Why did the skeleton cross the road? In honor of Halloween, we're doing... Witches and ghosts and stuff. So we'll be back. All right. Thanks for staying with the Katie K9 show. We're down to the last year. So you can uh, get, uh, if you've been driving and listening, and uh, with the Dr. Jess has got, given so many good ideas, especially if your dog has got pa- pancreatitis problems or liver problems, uh, go to the mytalk1071.com, go to the Katie K9 show page, and then you can listen to any of my past podcasts, okay? So anyway, why did uh, the skeleton cross the road, Dr. Jess? Oh, I, I no idea. Okay. I got nothing. Okay, Mike, You really you did go. switch to the harder ones, because I don't even have a guess on this one either. To get to the body shop. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. There's one here that I got to. Okay, what do ghosts eat for dinner? Ghosts eat for dinner. Goulash. No. Ooh, that's a good. That's a good oh, one. Okay. I like that one. It's not the answer anymore. Okay. That could be an answer for this mm-hmm. goulash. What was the answer? It's spaghetti. Oh, there you go. Uh, spaghetti. <laughs> okay, da dum bum. Okay, <laughs> who's up next? We've got uh, Celine here asking about uh, issues uh, with their dog after a heartworm injection. Alrighty so. then. Hi there. You still there? Celine. Hello? Are you still there? Yeah. Great. Oh, Thank you yeah. so much for I, holding. I greatly appreciate it. Okay. Oh, so what's no problem? What now? What type? I, what kind of dog? Um, she's a German Shepherd. And how many? She's pom- Thirteen. Oh, Thirteen years. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's about seventy-five pounds. Okay. Okay. She should be seventy-two. She's gotten slower as she's gotten older, and she had a brother that she ran 
everywhere with before and you know and once he passed she wasn't interested in activity so much so okay. she but she's an okay weight okay I mean, good they say okay so, so i happened. made a huge mistake with her this year i took her in for her heartworm test and it was negative but they when i was talking to the doctor i said well she they wanted me to buy the tablets you know for the preventative and i don't give shots anymore but i've always kept with the heartworm for some reason that scared me i think i used to volunteer in rescues so i saw dogs with serious heartworm problems and it just terrified me so anyway i she won't eat luna my dog won't eat the tablets they give out and i told my vet that and she goes oh well we have a shot for that and some alarm bells went off in my head but i didn't listen to them and i thought well at least she'll be protected from the heartworm so she got the heartworm injection you know i asked the vet is there a you know have you seen any problems with this oh no you know we've done a hundred or so you know nobody's had a adverse a reaction to it so i you know i gave it to her we came home she seemed okay you know i was really monitoring closely you know for about three weeks she seemed okay she's had some problems with her back legs anyway and i think it's she's got some knee problems she never she had, had torn acls she didn't ever get surgery um but she she goes to pt for that and so anyway she's gotten progressively weaker on her back end and my vet said well that's it's neurological and it's not you know it's just she's old and you know you can't do a lot about it you know we just keep her moving and she goes to the chiropractor and all that but i was listening to a podcast by a homeopathic vet and i they had something about this shot and don't ever give it to your dog yep. i'm sure you know um and you know it's it's toxic and and one of the side effects is weakened legs or you know it, lameness so I'm wondering, I, and then I bought some um, drops that are from this vet's website that was, it's to support toxin removal. And I started giving that to her because I thought maybe that would help. And she stopped wanting to eat, so I, I stopped the drops. I mean, I know detoxin can make you feel really sick, but I was without guidance, so I just stopped that. And I'm wondering if what I should be doing for her, if there's a way to mitigate the the effects of this poison that was put into her and what do you feed her i feed her a prepared uh frozen raw diet okay nice. good. and i make bone broth for her okay good all right so you've and solved some, a lot of issues right there that's good yeah well yeah it should probably be worse <laughs> yeah um and so uh, the you know the problem with these injections the ProHeart injections and I think there's yeah. another one on the market there's ProHeart 6 and ProHeart 12 depending on how long they last so these are repository products which means that you inject them once and they will have their effect the uh, you know the stuff circulates for a long long time afterwards okay mhm and uh, part of the problem is that there is no antidote so what happens if you inject this stuff into your dog and they do have a bad reaction mm -hmm. to it well too bad good luck yep uh, and yeah. so that, I think, is a big problem. I stopped using them, oh, let's see, when I was working at Golden Valley Animal Hospital in the early 2000s, yeah. and my boss gave a dog a pro-heart injection, which put him into, put the dog into, re, into liver failure. Uh -huh. Oh, no. And we were able to rescue the dog. Uh, one thing that I'll say about supplements and herbs and things like that is that Sometimes dogs will refuse their food if you're putting the stuff in their food, and so put it in something else. 
Like you want the dog to eat their food and then eat whatever you're hiding the supplements in. So I definitely do that with my dogs. My dogs get their supplements in basically whatever I can find in my fridge. So the cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, I'll uh, add some canned pumpkin, mix in a little tiny bit of peanut butter just to give it some other flavor. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've, I've even just used straight up goat's milk and my dogs will eat their supplements in goat's milk. Um, Okay. So so, keep it out. But I don't, yes, I don't try to adulterate their food because I've seen this far too commonly where you start putting stuff in the food and then, you know, it might take three weeks or a month and the dog's like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's something in there. Yeah. So just super picky. Exactly. And because, you know, you don't want to have this added concern. Well, gosh, now she's not eating her food at all. Right. So just separate the two. For a dog like this, I would use um, standard process canine hepatic support for broad spectrum liver recovery you can email me at my office to and i'll give you the information for how to get it don't buy it on amazon because whoever's black marketing it on amazon is selling it for three times the company's recommended price how can they get a hold of you um through my website at holistic-vet-care.com okay um and then the other thing that i would do is so you're doing chiropractic uh i have seen fantastic results if this Whether or not this is some sort of neurological, like degenerative myelopathy or something like that with Mm -hmm. the weakness in the hind end, I've seen really good results with massage for that. Oh, yeah. She's had a massage and I, it's a Mm -hmm. woman that comes, I live rural and she comes to my home. So another one. Yeah. So you might need to do that on kind of a regular basis and have the massage therapist show you what you need to do in between treatments so that you can keep up on that. But I've... The thing with and chiropractic is great, but if you've if you've got muscles that are tight or muscles that are in spasm, they're going to pull those bones right back out of alignment. Oh, so and then you know sometimes depending on the individual case, if this really is neurological, I'll use a supplement like Standard Process Cataplex E two. So Cataplex is C A T A P L E X. And it's E with the number two after it. E is in ethyl. Yep. And that is a tissue oxygenator. It also helps to oxygenate the nerves. And I've used that in dogs with degenerative myelopathy and weakness in the body. And it will help them walk again. Oh, okay. It's one so, of their, I mean, it's one of their human really supplements. Right. If it's right. DM or it's this injection. It probably, right. an injection isn't going to help anything if she's you know, got the neurological stuff, right? I mean, how much is the right. Kataplex? Right, but, the, but the, the standard process, their human supplements are not expensive, and so if you wanted to try a bottle of it and kind of see, yeah. see if you think you get anything out of it, I would probably yeah. um, start with, it's small, small tablets. It's one of their human supplements, comes in a 90-count bottle. Give one tablet twice a day for a week, then if you don't think you're seeing results, you can increase to two tablets twice a day. And, you know, mm-hmm. use it for a couple of months and see if you think you get anything out of it. But I've had really good success with it with these dogs with funky hind ends. And, of course, degenerative myelopathy is not not something that can really be diagnosed. It's a diagnosis of rule outs, which means you say, OK, well, she doesn't have hip dysplasia. She doesn't have this. She doesn't have that. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it must be this other thing that conventional medicine does not have good answers for. 
And okay. I think even even with something like the canine hepatic support for a dog like this, I would plan on using it for three months. So you figure out uh, even even with her size, honestly, the mid range on the standard process canine supplements is 40 to 60 pounds. And that is where I would dose her. So I, okay. under, I understand that she's heavier than that, but I don't care. This is concentrated nutrition. You don't need to use gobs of it to get a good effect. Okay. And so, is it a homeopathic or is nope. it a... Nope. It's a glandular supplement. It's made of animal oh, okay. organs. Okay. Well, I will mm-hmm. um, email you to get the info on how to order it. And mm-hmm. thank you for your okay. info and your Good luck. Time. And once again, how can she get a hold of you? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care. Okay. I've got you saved on my computer. All right. Good. Good luck, kiddo. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. You bet. Bye-bye. Well, that kind of sums up. I'm sorry we didn't get to the last person. You'll have to, Mike, let them know. We, were we, sp- we supposed to say that something about CBD for Oh, CBD joint, oil for joint problems. Yeah. For joint you, problems. For, what's some good for uh, for dogs, some good joint supplements? Um, I usually reach for things that have, um, like, I want to see glucosamine and chondroitin and MSM and Boswellia, if you can okay. pack it in there, too. So okay. springtime makes one yep. called Advanced Hip and Joint, joint Sport. Yep. that I think is fantastic. Yep. That's a tablet. They also have a joint health formula powder that mm-hmm. I also has, I think, yep. I think it has Boswellia in it. Because yep. Boswellia is kind of your natural anti-inflammatory. It's made from the same tree, that resin, that frankincense essential oil comes from. So it also has some anti-cancer properties. There you go. And that's kind of what I go to if you, so basically if you have a dog who's got some joint issues or back problems and you take him for a walk that's a nice day, you go a little bit farther than you usually do and then you think, oh my gosh, buddy, you seem sore. Yep. You know, the dog gets home and just wants to take to his bed. So for one thing, don't let them stay in bed. Get them up and get them moving every hour Mm -hmm. so that they don't stiffen up. Um. And that's where I would give an additional dose of Boswellia, which you can buy at any health food can store. Can you give Boswellia to cats? Um, I know you asked me that before. Yeah. Um, I think so. Okay. I still need to look it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but Boswellia is very safe at high doses for dogs, very safe for long-term use. And, and it's so, great for people, too? Yeah. And so basically you would give, you know, an adult dog over 50 pounds, just give them the recommended human dose. Like 500 milligrams? Whatever it happens to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jess, thank for you. being on the show. Mike, glad to see you back. Um, and what's the score? Happy to be back. It is uh, still, uh, wherever we left, I think, 14 to 10. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you guys for yeah. listening and sharing your Sunday afternoon with me. You can go to mytalk1071.com, catch a podcast. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.